welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great folks at TrueMap Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMapFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. No workout ever recycled or repeated at TrueMav. The uh, great people at Zen Sports, download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN and get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. And of course, the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team, they have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for more information. Uh, A lot of different news items coming down, even uh, as recently as right before the start of the show. So remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, uh, uh, excuse me, I wanted to call him Brian Robinson. It's not Brian Robinson. It's Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown, who interviewed to be the head coach here, the former Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator, he has since taken a job in the last, uh, in the last 20 minutes to become the Bears' pass game coordinator. So he's moving on from the Panthers and joining the Chicago Bears. I thought he could have been a big name to watch for the offensive coordinator job here. Ultimately, they decide to uh, explore a bunch of other different possibilities. They have interviewed two people to be their OC. They have requested to interview three in total. You see that the uh, that the Pittsburgh Steelers hired Arthur Smith today to be their offensive coordinator. You saw that the Carolina Panthers are uh, signing Rob Moore to be their new wide receivers coach, along with a variety of other different staff hirings and firings. Um, You see that Brandon Lynch is the latest person to interview for the D.C. job here in Tennessee But ultimately, it's about getting the head coach in place first and foremost so they can kind of keep these, uh, you you see that they can kind of keep these things in front of them and have basically their first pick of all the different coordinator candidates. Though they have been pretty, they have been pretty narrow in their coaching search. Uh, I, I think that that is something that's worth pointing out. It has been pretty narrow despite them getting to the front of the line, but the whole point was to get to the front of the line and have the luxury of conducting the widest possible search or as narrow a search as they feel that they need to. So I'll start with your Two Rivers Ford take here in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. Fair or foul, the Titans hired the best offensive-minded candidate this cycle. We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by Two Rivers Ford, quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So with this, fair or foul, the Titans hired the best offensive-minded candidate to be their next head coach. So let's take a look at everybody that's been hired. As you go down the NFL coaching uh, trackers, for lack of a better word, because they are everywhere, you know that the Tennessee Titans were the first team to hire a a candidate that was not in-house, right? So they were the first team to fill a coaching vacancy that was not the New England Patriots promoting Gerard Mayo from within. So what you saw in Atlanta is a defensive hire, uh, a defensive-minded head coach in Raheem Morris. For Carolina, 
an offensive-minded head coach, the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dave Canales stays in the NFC South. Uh, You saw that the uh, Las Vegas Raiders kept Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach. Harbaugh to the Chargers, of course. Mayo, a defensive-minded coach, uh, was the Patriots' internal promotion. Brian Callahan with the Titans. And that is it to date. So, Canales, Harbaugh, and Callahan. Whom among those three are the best uh, or is the best offensive-minded candidate to be or coach to be hired by a team? Harbaugh, Canales, or Callahan? Fair or foul, the Titans got the best one of the group. Well, I think it's pretty, I, I think it's pretty telling that they were never in on Harbaugh because of the type of personality that they just let go. And according to reports, according to pro football uh, talk, they are paying Harbaugh $16 million a year or somewhere in the neighborhood of $16 million a year, which is not what Brian Callahan is making in Tennessee. That is way more money than your average NFL head coach makes. And of course, Harbaugh is a proven winner. He's a national champion. He has coached in Super Bowls and uh, now gets to come in and be the savior of the Chargers franchise, having played quarterback for that franchise at the start of his career. But did Tennessee get the best of the bunch? I think it's a pretty interesting question. We know that Amy's strategy was always to get to the front of the line, and that was something that she articulated in the hostage video that she did after firing Mike Vrabel with voice of the Titans, Mike Keith. She was asked a question by Mike about trading Vrabel. Her explanation was less about the idea of trading Mike than it was about, we don't want to get bogged down. We want to make sure that we can get to the front of the line to get the best coaching candidate possible. There's been discussion in a lot of different circles about the possibility of trading the head coach. Was consideration given to trading Mike Vrabel? Well, yes, there was, but there's a bit of misconception about a coach's contract, say, versus a player's contract. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it, but at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks. And, you know, honestly, to to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to to go to the back of the line and take a chance of missing out on someone we we really want. So that is Amy. It it cuts out there, but you you hear, you know, you understand the principle. She didn't want to get caught in the back of the line by making that head coaching, uh, by, by biding her time trying to trade Vrabel, and then all of a sudden you don't get the best candidates. So fair or foul is the question. The Titans hired the best OC uh, or the best offensive-minded head coach candidate that was out there among Canales, Harbaugh, and Callahan. I'm going to tell you uh, how I feel about this here in just a second, right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for the first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. TrueMath, where no workout is ever recycled or repeated. TrueMav, where they offer you a new way to work out for the best version of you. I have had awesome results at TrueMav. I can't speak highly enough about the programming that their staff puts together. I love the facility. I love how close it is to my house. 
I live downtown. They're conveniently located for me downtown Nashville in the Gulch as they are conveniently located for so many of you who want to get the best workout in Middle Tennessee. Go to truemathfitness.com for your first workout free. Fair or foul? Uh, that is the question. Esco on YouTube says he believes it's fair. Um, hang on, scrolling back through a couple of these. You guys are not really answering the question, it would seem. Uh, on Twitch, uh, is it, I don't even know how to pronounce that, says fair. Jdub89 says fair. No fouls from what I can see. Fair, we needed an offensive-minded head coach, but that's not the question. The question is, did you hire the best one? Fair, the other coaches are blah, says Malachi Perry. Um, So I'm, you know, it appears that I'm the only one who's going to answer foul here. And it's not because I don't think that Brian Callahan's a good hire. It's not fair. It's foul because the most qualified and the candidate with the best resume is Harbaugh. Now you can say, well, Harbaugh doesn't matter here because as Phil Reuter points out, Harbaugh was never in consideration. That's true. I disagreed with Harbaugh never being in consideration. I disagree with the idea of not even interviewing the two most qualified, and I include Belichick in this, I disagree with the idea of not even bothering to Zoom interview the two most qualified and the two most accomplished candidates available, Harbaugh and Belichick. Belichick technically, and then Harbaugh. Harbaugh is the best offensive-minded coach to get hired in this cycle. He is the person with the most proven track record. He is the person with the best quarterback resume, resume of quarterback development. He is a proven and winning coach. He is a proven program builder. Nothing about Brian Callahan is proven to date as a head coach. So I understand why Titans fans might push back on that. Because again, Callahan, Harbaugh was never somebody who was going to get an interview here. But I say that again. I never agreed with that position in the first place. I understand that they want a coach that they can control more, but I don't think that that should preclude them from interviewing the best coach, the best person for the job. She, uh, Jay Bryant said she wanted a fresh face, not an old face. That's fine. Um, but... Th- I don't care about fresh faces. (laughs) I care about the most qualified person for the job. I don't care about whether you want a coach that you think you can have better control over if you're passing up on the coach who is the most qualified for that job. The most, based on all the boxes that the Tennessee Titans had to check, Jim Harbaugh checked everyone except collaboration. And that is a huge one here, especially given the way that this situation with Vrabel just went down. Now, is that such an important thing that he should not even get an interview here? Titan Thor says Buck wanted to cover Harbaugh 100%. Harbaugh is infinitely more interesting. You guys know that where my rooting interest lies. It doesn't matter to me whether your football team wins or loses. The thing that matters to me most is the thing that's best for the show. And Harbaugh would have been best, yes. But that's not that's not influencing my position here. 
what is influencing my position is proven background, proven track record, proven history of success at this level of coaching. Even though I like the Brian Callahan hire, it's not the best hire for what they told us that they were seeking. The only thing that doesn't fit the mold of what they wanted is Harbaugh is infinitely less agreeable than Brian Callahan is. And you know what everybody says about Brian Callahan? He's a real nice guy. He's a real easy guy to work with. Harbaugh is an agitator. He's He's an instigator. He's going to push you. I think that there is room for that within an NFL program. I think that there should be somebody who doesn't just tow the company line. And I'm not saying that Brian Cal, I'm not accusing Brian Callahan of being, you know, exclusively company man and this, that, and the other. If Harbaugh is not collaborating, why waste your time, Buck? Because he's better. Because he's better. I want the best coach. I want the best possible coach. Okay. And the best possible coach is Harbaugh the only thing, the only qualification that he does not have here is that he is a coach who is going to be in control of his own situation. And that is not something that this previous, that this current administration, um, that this current administration wanted to tolerate. I think that you need to have people push your program from the inside. I don't know necessarily that it has to be a head coach exclusively. I'm sure that they can hire people that will be combative. I think combative in football organizations is good to an extent. It can't just be everybody on the same page all the time, all together, all at once, happy-go-lucky, sunshine, butterflies, and rainbows. That's not how these organizations should work, should operate. If If you're not a Titans fan, Buck, why does it matter to you? It doesn't, ultimately. It doesn't matter to me. But this is... I'm just providing you with my opinion. I think that the most qualified person for the job, I mean, I don't think, I know the most qualified person for the job is Jim Harbaugh. They didn't go with that person. So I can't answer the question and say fair when the question is, did the Titans hire the best coach with an offensive background in this cycle? The answer to that question is no, they did not hire Jim Harbaugh, but I think that this, it can still work. Brian Callahan can be a success. We have no idea what Brian Callahan is going to be. Um, But on on face value, on surface level, no, he's not the best candidate for this cycle. Harbaugh was. There's, There's no disputing that. And I don't think anybody, I haven't seen many people in the chat disputing that as well beyond, well, Harbaugh never wanted to be here. The Titans didn't want to pay Harbaugh or this, that, and the other. Okay, that's not the question. Did they hire the best offensive candidate of the group that was interviewing for jobs this offseason? The answer is no. The answer is no. That's all it is. So let's move on and let's talk about uh, the way that the rest of these dominoes could fall, given the latest. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, which head coaching candidate are you most surprised did not get a job this cycle? Uh, We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. By the way, the Titans are thrilled with their hire. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be thrilled with your hire. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to damp dampen your excitement about Brian Callahan, but I do think it's worth thinking about 
the idea of did they get the best possible candidate for the job? The answer to that question is no. Did they get the best possible candidate for what they want in a head coach? They feel that the answer is yes. And if they are justified in all of that, uh, if they are just if they end up justified in all of that, then none of this is going to matter. If the Titans win more than the Chargers do, the Titans will play the Chargers this week, right? I think there's going to be a lot of this. Uh, Chosen says, "Buck, you miss Vrabel, don't you?" Uh, I don't really. Uh, well, here, let me let me say this. I 100% enjoyed the holy hell out of, of covering Mike Vrabel. Absolutely did. Um, I had a I had a good working relationship with Mike. I still do. I think that he is somebody who is an interesting character and interesting characters are always going to be, you know, the preferred ones to cover. I am, I am cautiously optimistic about Callahan because even though I won't get, you know, I won't get the super expressive moments and the combative moments that I got from Vrabel, I do think that I'll get some good answers. I do think that there's a lot to learn from Callahan and I value that as much like learning about what their process is, right? Mike was very, very, Mike was very, very secretive or protective, let's call it protective of what it was that they were trying to accomplish and how it was that they were going about it. Now, he's entitled to that, right? He's totally entitled to that, as is his right. But I do think that somebody who's more open to dialogue, like Callahan appears to be, uh, can lead to a lot of good information, a lot of good learning, a lot of good, uh-oh, collaboration. Buzzword, the C word. So while, yeah, I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed covering Mike Vrabel, and I had I had a great time covering the six seasons, even when they were terrible. I had a great time covering the six seasons that Mike was here. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic about what it is going to be covering Callahan, but none of that matters if they don't win, right? He can be, you know, willing to share with us how he's going to go about this thing and how he's going to teach concepts and what the concepts are going to be that he's implemented and how, you know, the idea, how strategy is going to be influenced by the numbers that, uh, that, you know, people shove under the broad term analytics, even though I think the better term for analytics is strategy. There's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to, there's a lot to learn from a different kind of a coach. And there is no question that there is a huge, this is probably the most dramatic shift that this particular organization has ever made, right? Going from a guy like Vrabel to a guy like Callahan. Titans have never really employed a guy like Callahan. Wiz and Hunt is the closest, but um, Wiz is a different is a different kind of situation. Eric Alonzo says, Vrabel is a bully. Hell yes, football is full of them. Football is full of them. You have to be. You have to know how to be tough if you're going to be the boss, right? And Mike Vrabel, um, whether you agreed with the approach or not, understood the level of responsibility that that job required and that he was going to have to be the bad guy in a variety of different circumstances. Now, did that, you know, did that end up being the most beneficial thing for his career? That's clear. Uh, it's clear that that's not the case, but there's nothing wrong with being a bully in football. Football is literally filled with bullies. Um, I'm not saying that bully bullying is something that should be advocated for, but to act like these guys aren't on a regular basis, it's what they're coached to do. It's what they're trained to do. It's, uh, you know, eat, sleep, breathe violence. The idea of being a bully is a bad thing in football. Really football is about the only place that you can be a bully and it be a redeeming quality, but you know, that's what it is. 
Uh, so getting back to the question, which head coaching candidate are you most surprised didn't get a job this cycle? There's two uh, two jobs still out there, and we can talk about this together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by the great people at Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code A-T-O-Z-T-N, and get up to $1,000 on your no-danger first wager. Terms and conditions do apply. Must be 21 or up in Tennessee to bet. Uh, gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, with that being said, Vrabel is going to be a name that gets tossed out there. Dion says Mike Vrabel not getting a job is something that he's surprised about. Stacy Wills says he is most surprised that Belichick didn't get a job. Chill Mode says, I'm surprised that Ben Johnson is staying. Yes, this is impacted by the fact that the most requested head coaching candidate in Ben Johnson today, for one reason or another, made the decision that he was going to remain with the Detroit Lions this year. Yeah, fascinating decision by Ben Johnson. And I would say, you know, if he wants to win the Super Bowl, Detroit is loaded. They're going to be loaded again next year. That is a great spot to do it. And, you know, always a chance he can win a Super Bowl as a head coach. But this is a good opportunity for him. Stay there. He was richly compensated for his decision uh, last year. Similar decision this year. And I think, you know, just be frank, I think it's before the coaching church, everyone assumed, all right, he's definitely getting a head coaching job. He's the leading candidate here. He's the leading candidate there. One thing that I've been saying and you have been saying as well is the commanders were far more open than it seemed. This was not just Ben Johnson's job. They have been a wide-ranging search. It is still ongoing, as is the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, for, for Ben Johnson to know, instead of saying, you know, let's wait and see what happens. Do I get it? Do I not? He has a great chance. He has a great life. He is an excellent, excellent offensive coordinator who's going to have an opportunity next year, Tom. The fact that he pulls out now guarantees he is not going to get a head coaching job this year. But it's certainly, much like the Lions window is now open, Ben Johnson's coaching window is open as well. Well, it's it's a pretty interesting decision. Now, the thing that we don't know for sure is how much money he was asking for. Because there are a lot of rumors that are being circulated about $12 million or $15 million a year on his annual average salary. Harbaugh, for what it's worth, is being reported by Pro Football Talk to be making $16 million a year from the Chargers. But there's obviously a huge difference between Harbaugh and Ben Johnson. The I don't know what's true about that, right? So I'm going to try and and make as much sense of this as humanly possible without knowing for sure what Ben Johnson's asking price is. But $15 million a year for a person who's never done the job before is not something that an organization can can go for. Not, Not if you're the commanders, not if you're the Seahawks. It's a completely unreasonable request. That's the unknown. What's known about this is that the commanders, I don't know that you're going to have as good an opportunity as a first-time head coach to really mold an organization as what the commanders just presented you with. The most cap space in football in Washington, the second overall pick in the draft, so you get your pick of quarterbacks, basically. You have a scenario where they've hired the most 
the most attractive executive in the NFL coaching cycle, or excuse me, in the NFL hiring cycle this year, and Adam Peters, the person who turned down the Titans GM job to take the commander's job this past cycle, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. So Ben Johnson getting as cherry a gig as the one that the commanders looked like they were. I don't know how much that job was offering, whether, you know, the disparity between like if I would have been, if Ben Johnson would have made $5 million a year as a, as the, as a first time head coach in Washington and wanted 15, then yeah, there's no way that you're going to be able to bridge that gap. But if if the if the difference on money is not so extreme for Ben Johnson, like say they were offering ten and he said no flatly, I want fifteen. Again, this is speculation. We don't know this. I think that's a, a pretty short sighted decision by Ben Johnson, given how much Washington had to offer for a first time head coach. I think that's pretty wild to be honest with you. Um, Titan on YouTube says, so has Vrabel had interviews with any other teams? Yeah, so it's my understanding that the the Chargers d- wanted Harbaugh, but if they didn't get Harbaugh, that Vrabel was second, um, second in the running for that job. He did an in-person interview there. He did an in-person interview with the Atlanta Falcons. He was scheduled to do an in-person interview with the Carolina Panthers. They hired Dave Canales before Mike could ever do the in-person interview for that job. So, um, he only had two in-person interviews. He did not participate in the first round of interviews in the virtual portion of the interview process, the way that a lot of other people did. And I do think that more people are surprised than not collectively that Mike Vrabel is not going to be a head coach in 2024. Like I said, Stuff could change very quickly in the next couple of days, weeks. Hell, stuff could change in the next couple of hours. But it's my understanding that Mike Vrabel uh, is not going to be the next head coach of the Commanders, not going to be the next head coach of the Seahawks. So that leaves him doing something else, whether that's a year on the couch, whether that's TV, whether that's, I mean, I would be shocked if he went back and did a defensive coordinator gig or anything like that. But, uh, I guess you can't rule anything out, but I can't envision a situation in which Mike Vrabel takes a coordinator job. I I would be very, very surprised by that. And if he were to take a coordinator job, I think that that is something, you know, it has to be a situation where you've got an offensive-minded head coach who calls the plays and is going to basically let you do whatever you want to do on defense. Um, I, think that, I think that that is the kind of, that's the place that makes the most sense right now. Um, Chill Mode says, Buck, do you think that it was the story that kind of did his stock in? Uh, well, I'm sure it didn't help, right? Like, Mike made a power play and he lost. The details, it's not just the details that are in the story, though. Mike disrespected his boss, okay? And owners talk. Amy Adams Strunk has friends who are other NFL owners, right? It's not like these people operate completely independent of one another. There are cliques. There are people who spend more time with others. Uh, There are people who vibe better with others. 
Amy is one of uh, only, what is it? Is it four female-led controlling ownership groups in the NFL? Right, it's Chicago, it's Tennessee, it's Detroit. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't the Broncos a female-led organization right now at the ownership level? I need to double-check that. I know where there was some disputing uh, amongst family members after uh, after Pat Bowen. Is it Bowen or I can't remember. Bolin or Bowen? I can't remember uh, the, the longtime owner of the Bronco, Broncos who passed away a couple years ago that kind of set all this stuff. Um on the uh on you know on the fritz basically but you know it's not like there's that many female controlling owners in the NFL I'm certain that Amy talks to people I'm certain that Amy talks to other owners they have owners meetings um for uh, Gail Benson the Saints thank you William Powell that's uh that's the one that that was escaping me I appreciate it the Texans are not uh female uh are not uh, female run Cal McNair uh Actually, I can't remember which McNair is running the show, but it's the son of the previously deceased McNair that used to run the uh, the Texans organization. Broncos is Walmart. That's right. Rob Walton. Thank you, Bryn McNeil, for the correction there. So anyway, uh, Brett Bowen says, Vrabel's comment New England was unnecessary and uncalled for. That's just stupid. It's like Amy, that's the dumbest part of that whole Amy thing. The fact that Amy got that bent about, about what Vrabel said in New England, he's right. He's right. You don't have it that good anywhere else. You don't have it that good with the Titans. You don't. Mike Vrabel played for the Chiefs, who you could maybe make the argument have it as good as the the, the previous New England Patriots do. The idea that anybody would get the the level of butt hurt that this organization got about Mike Vrabel saying, "Yeah, don't take it for granted. It's not like this at most places." When it's one hundred percent the truth, is so stupid. There are a million different reasons why Mike Vrabel should have been fired from that job. But that the, the Patriot that people have their feelings hurt about not being the New England Patriots is one of the most sensitive, soft uh, moments of pettiness out of all of the decision making. That is the thing that I respect the least as a part of why Mike Vrabel was fired. You can fire him for disrespecting you. He was disrespectful to his boss. You can fire him for being uncooperative. Uh, you can fire him for being petulant. You can fire him for being bad at his job. You can fire him for going seven and ten and six and eleven in back-to-back seasons. You can fire him for wanting personnel control and not being that good a scout. The moment that you bring up you having your feelings hurt about Mike Vrabel saying something going into the Patriots Hall of Fame about not a lot of other places in the NFL can put together a 20-year dynasty, it is so, so soft and pathetic that anybody would get their feelings hurt by that. I think it's, I think it's wild, totally wild. Anyway, uh, MB says, how was he disrespectful to Amy? Um, there was, there was a lot of stuff that didn't make it into the reporting that I heard, um, about interactions that Mike had that were not, well, that some of the, some of it did make it, make it into the reporting about, you know, him disagreeing with Amy's decision to make Rand the general manager after Mike wanted Cowden in the way that he went about that was not the most respectful. Um, but yeah, the New England thing is the New England thing is just so that that is that is the most pitiful um reason for 
people to be upset about how Mike Vrabel's tenure ended here. I cannot tell you how little respect I have for people that think that way. And that, frankly, you know, that includes the the ownership having that level of sensitivity about that. I think that's total garbage. Total garbage. Anyway, doesn't matter. We've got a new head coach. Uh, so we will uh, we will see how this thing comes to pass in the next couple of days. And of course. Staff hires, staff interviews will continue to go about it. Remember that Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan are not at the Senior Bowl. My understanding that Rand is the only GM who's not at the Senior Bowl this year, and that's fine. Um, they have representation at the Senior Bowl. They have Chad Brinker, and they have the assistant general manager, Anthony Robinson, down there to help with that process while Rand hangs back and helps Callahan put his staff together, which is fine because that falls under Rand Carthon's purview. So, um, keep you updated on the latest at Senior Bowl as uh, information comes available and with the coaching staff. Let's wrap things up with a gone viral video on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. What's the best thing that you saw on the internet this week? We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by the great people at uh, the Law Offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, they will not hesitate the way that I just did. They will be on the attack for you. They will continue to make sure that you are fully informed about what your constitutional protections are so that they can protect you according to the Constitution. Wherever justice demands, Amanda and her team mean it. They have practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in the state of Tennessee, and they will do the same for you today, tomorrow, or whenever you need them. Simply visit amandajgentry.com, the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Okay, looking at uh, this weekend, there was a lot of different things that happened. Uh, Justin Rubini says, Mike Vrabel not being hired anywhere is, is the, the best thing that he saw on the, on the internet this weekend. Uh, drop season says, who's your preferred OC? I don't have one. I really don't. I mean, I don't love the idea of them hiring a first time of them fire, excuse me, of them hiring a first time head coach who's a first time play caller with a first time OC and a first time or an inexperienced defensive coordinator. Cause that's been the trend for the defensive coordinator interviews they have right now. So do I have a preferred one? Not necessarily. Uh, they so they've let's let's go through quickly. Well, I, actually, why don't we talk about that tomorrow? Why don't we talk about that tomorrow? That's a whole nother show, and we're already thirty eight minutes in here. So uh, revisit that question with me tomorrow, and I'll, I'll give you a better answer. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll give you a better answer than I don't know. I'll uh, I'll get into it together. Titan says, "Are you going to interview with Chad Brinker? Um, am I going to get an interview with Chad Brinker? Well, I'm not going to the Senior Bowl, and Brinker is there. I would I would like to talk to Chad." Uh, I would like, I honestly would would rather talk to Rand first because I would like to ask him about the role of Chad. Uh, I would like Rand Carthon to be able to answer those questions himself before I go to Chad. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make Chad Brinker overwhelmingly available as the president of football operations, even though half of his job entails basically half the responsibilities of, uh, of the general manager, or at least what consisted the responsibilities of a general manager under John Robinson. This is a new role. It's a new structure. So um, doesn't mean that it's right, wrong, or indifferent. I just think it's pretty interesting. Um, Justin Parr says, Buck, do you think Vrabel made defensive decisions instead of Bowen like he did with Dean? That only happened once with Dean Pease. It happened in the AFC Championship game. And, you know, uh, I honestly, th- like, I, I get why Vrabel did it. 
I really do. I get why, and I I know you guys are gonna gonna come after me for for backing up Mike Vrabel on that, but I don't think he was wrong for taking the defensive play calling from Dean Pease in that moment. I think that he was completely justified. Lamar Jackson in that game, not to revisit that, but Lamar Jackson in that game had <laughs> the game previous before the AFC Championship game had 500 yards of total offense, damn near. I don't think there's anything wrong with Mike Vrabel looking around and being like, uh, if Lamar just did this, why don't we uh, Why don't we try something different? Here, let me take a crack at it. Now, do I think that the time to change things up is in the AFC Championship game? Probably not. That's probably not going to be the most well-received strategy. But if you look at the total yardage, they did do a better job defensively against Patrick Mahomes. They lost the game. They lost the game. And Rashawn Evans missed a tackle, and they lost the game. But they had a 10-point lead on Kansas City, and they held the Chiefs down better than they did the Ravens the week previous. So I'm I'm not necessarily mad about maybe the way that Mike did it was wrong. But in principle, I don't necessarily disagree with that decision. But, you know, we don't need to revisit those kind of things. It's what's, what's done is done. All right, what's the best thing that you saw on the internet this weekend? The best thing that I saw on the internet this weekend with Stephen A. Smith and SpongeBob SquarePants. Here's somebody at Carcino Muse, right? Stephen A. Smith, who do you think is the best athlete in SpongeBob? And if you were to draft a character as your starting quarterback, who would you pick? Ladies and gentlemen, I haven't seen much of SpongeBob. Damn it. But I'm going to entertain y'all by guessing. Let me just look. Give me a second to just look, all right? Let me just look at it and and, and engage who looks the most athletic and and who would I like. Now, SpongeBob with the big square head, I got to consider that because I always wish I had a big square head so I could go bald instead of having this damn receding hairline and contemplating going to hair club for men. So I figured, you know, hey, I wish I had a big square head. I wouldn't have that debate, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not interested in plankton. I don't like the way it looks. Mr. Krabs, I just don't like that name. But if I'm playing football or basketball, those, 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 those claws could come in handy. So I got to take that in consideration. Patrick, I'm not feeling with you. You, you look like a pink skinhead. I'm not going with that. Let me look at Sandy. Nah, with the cup as your body. No. Squidward, too skinny. Gary, you look limited. Pearl, big face schnoz out in front. Karen, you just a TV with a with, with, with a leg. I'm not. And Larry, eh, eh. I'm gonna have to say it comes down to Mr. Krabs or SpongeBob. And I'm gonna go with Mr. Krabs. That's what I'm gonna do. SpongeBob's legs are too skinny. The head looks like it weighs too much, and the arms are too short. I don't think it would be that athletic. I'm going to go with Mr. Krabs. That's going to be my choice for that, all right? (laughs) Stephen A. Smith, courtesy of the Stephen A. Smith Show, breaking down in great detail who he would draft to be his starting quarterback from the cast of SpongeBob. Uh, Eric Alonzo says, what the hell are we watching? The best thing I saw on the internet this week was on Pornhub. Well, congratulations, pervert. We're very happy for you. Now go, (laughs) go do something. Uh, to yourself or with yourself in the corner uh, and uh, and leave the rest of us to enjoy the more comedic things in life. <laughs> I mean, is, is that is that something that 
Think about putting that in type for a huge audience to see about the fact that you're spending the vast majority of your time over the weekend on a porn site. We'll just let that marinate for a second. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. We'll enjoy it together. We'll talk about some tea with Mike Vrabel and the idea that he is not going to be coaching in 2024. We will vet some offensive coordinator candidates for you. We will have a great time together. So we'll talk to you from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Have a great rest of your evening. Stay off the porn sites. Well, I mean, it's, uh, porn is the most uh, porn is the most uh, heavily trafficked. Well, that's phrasing. <laughs> let me let me get out of here before I get myself in trouble making porn hub jokes. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Ah!